Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing. We just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. Welcome to Morning Walk with the Artist Forge. My name is Nicole McEwen. I am your host. We're so glad to have you with us today as we continue our Mastering the Business of Art series, moving towards the, the end. It's the final stretch. And today we're going to be talking about customer journey. So over the last few weeks, as we've talked about money and finances, and we've talked about personal branding, and we've talked about the structure of our business and how we decide what kind of legal entity it should be and how we're going to price our products and just a whole lot of good businessy things. Now we get to look back over that entire process from the perspective of a customer journey. And the reason we want to do this is because so far we've been very careful about structuring the business from the perspective of what do I need this business to, what do I need this business to accomplish? Um, who am I going to be reaching? How am I going to structure it? What do I need the pricing to be in order to survive? And we've had our customers, of course, in the back of our minds the whole time. When we talked about business philosophy, we wanted to know, well, who are we serving and what are we giving them? And when we talked about our, uh, our value statement, of course, we wanted to know what value are we adding to the market? But now what we want to do is look back over the structure of that business and and ask ourselves, well, what does this look like from a customer perspective? So the very first time that the customer is going to interact with my brand, where is that going to be? And what is that going to look like? Are they going to find me by seeing my artwork on Pinterest? Are they going to read something that I responded to in a Reddit thread? and then follow me back? Are they going to see a billboard or an advertisement? How are they gonna come in contact with my brand? And when they do, what's that experience gonna be like for them? And then what steps are they gonna take next? How are they going to begin engaging with my brand? And what's that experience going to be like? How does that journey move from first knowing who I am and then acquiring that person as a customer and then working with that person and delivering them their product or their service and then retention how am i going to keep them and if they have any issues how do i deal with that so we want to look back at our business from this perspective because our business exists to add value and we need to know what the user experience is like because those steps that we have built in for our business may might sound really great for us at first but when we look at that from our customer standpoint, we might realize that there are tweaks that need to be made in order to make the process of working with us as fantastic as the product and service itself. And most of us will recognize this from a customer standpoint. We know what it's like to walk into a business where you're basically ignored and you're treated kind of like it's an irritation that you're there because somebody now has to take their time away from something else to deal with you. And then if you have an issue and you need to come back, the business owner is kind of like, great perfect. Okay, what do you want? <laughs> um, and it takes what might have been just a, a minor irritation and turns it into a two-star review on Yelp. So looking back at our entire structure and all of the things that we've talked about so far from a user experience and a customer journey point of view helps us do a lot of things. Number one, it helps us make sure that we're really serving our customer, not just giving them a a product that's gonna add value to their lives, but we're making the experience of working with us a positive one, something that people would want to repeat. But it's also allowing us to start removing some of the roadblocks that may stop people somewhere along that customer journey. So if they get to the point of coming to our website, but they don't book, that tells us something about the way we've structured that experience. We need to look at that and figure out what is standing in the way there. Maybe it is that our website doesn't have flow or our buttons aren't clear enough, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe it is that 
um, you know, our call to action is not clear enough or the next steps, like we tried to get them to the website, but what do we want them to do now? If somebody is contacting us and then not booking, why are they not booking? So being able to use that as a measuring stick, not only to make the customer experience better, but to make sure that they're actually booking with us is a really great way we can test what we've built so far. So I would love to hear from the moderators this morning, starting with y'all, and then of course, wanna move on to our audience and bring y'all up for conversation around the half hour mark. Um, what are some things that you do to check the customer experience? Like, is it something you planned from the beginning? Did the customer experience just kind of happen as you built your business? And how do you maintain that or, or um, structure that? Like, is it something that you do purposefully or has it just kind of happened as you have built your business? For me, it definitely is both. <laughs> and what I mean is when I, when I opened stone tree, I had a certain customer journey in mind. I thought that, that the people that would be coming through my door would have a high end luxury experience and that I'd be catering to their every whim. And it would be very, very high touch, high luxury. What I found is that didn't necessarily speak to me on all the same levels that it speaks to other people, right? So, so for luxury means different things to different people. For me, I wanted a high touch model that made people feel really comfortable every step of the way. I tend to over-educate, over-communicate, and I wanted that to be something that was a hallmark of my brand, where when you contacted me, you got me all the time and had all of your questions answered in advance like so you wouldn't even have any questions right for me it was all about communication making people feel comfortable the other luxury touch points the decorations or how it looks or how i appear or whatever that was all relatively secondary to me I wanted the the mental and relationship connection to be there more so than these are my beautiful marketing materials. Now, when you're starting out, you absolutely have to put some thought into what is what do I want all of that to look like? But I found that the intangible parts of the, the user experience, the communication, the emotions attached with it were far superior to anything that I could have or um, show them in the studio. It was all about that connection. So as I've started to build the web, as I've built my website and built the brand, I really try to make it more of a, a mental connection rather than like, here's my amazing sets and my gorgeous wardrobe, because that's just not me. And so I wanted my user experience to reflect not only the service that they would get in the brand, but also my personality as well. So it's a bit of both. I had to have something at the beginning to define the direction that I wanted to go. And then I've been refining that over the years to best represent me and my process and what I want the customers to walk away with. I think that's fantastic because it touches on a couple really important points. First, you know, understanding who you are and what's important to you, what it is that you want to give to people and recognizing that those intangibles, that education and the connection and the emotions involved are the things that you are really keen on making sure that your customers experience. So number one, knowing that about yourself. And number two, recognizing that those are, even though it's it's still a luxury experience, the luxury can be experienced in different ways, right? Um, and having that be, you know, the high touch, the very, the very interpersonal um, connection as the luxury, because of course, so many people are missing that these days and knowing that that's something that you can provide um, really takes your business. And of course, you know, we talked about the fact that we want our business to be able to stand apart in the marketplace and we need to know what and who we want to be like, where is our business positioned? And the fact that that is the way that you provide that service means that not only in your vision statement or your, you know, um, in your, in your value statement, not only are you separating yourself from other people that way, but in this part of the customer experience, you're separating yourself as well. 
Yeah, that's the that's the plan, right? It's all about differentiation and standing out in the market that you're in. So there's a million photographers in Maine, not a whole lot of sh flat out portrait studio photographers. A lot of people do portraits. Not a lot of people have a full portrait studio. A lot of people, you know, do great family portraits. I focus on a specific genre of portraiture. Everything that I do, I try to differentiate myself from the folks around me that are doing something similar. So any other photographer I want to stand apart from because I want people to choose me for the style, for the experience, not just because I'm a photographer. So everything is educating and tuning the customer to know what they're getting into and to really attract them to the brand and to see something in the brand that they want rather than just serving the bottom line, which is I need a picture. I want to resonate with them on a different level than that. So everything that I do tries to cater towards that, um, that thing, that, that gap in their life, that problem that they're trying to solve. I try to fill that. So did you know beforehand, as you were starting to kind of design your customer experience, did you know that this was going to actually be an area that would work? Like, I know some of us are coming from businesses in other areas where we've had a chance to try and test, thing out, test things out. And from a, a UX or a customer experience standpoint, did you know that this approach was something that would work? Or did you have to do some kind of organic trial and error to figure out that this would be actually functional for what you well i think there's always a, a level of trial and error um because you're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't for your particular business the way that i sell isn't necessarily the way that basam sells or the way that you sell so a lot of it comes down to a little bit of that self-awareness that self-confidence knowing what it is that you want to sell knowing is what how you want to sell it and the people you know know your audience right you have to know the people that you're selling to for me, I just try to stay loose enough that I can adapt to trends or to platforms that people are going towards. Or, um, But the things that don't change are how people feel, um, meaning we all have basic emotional needs. I try to cater to those basic emotional needs, giving people a place to be heard and be seen and not feel uncomfortable or pressured or stressed. I want all those things to come across. Well, how do I accomplish that? I give them a kind ear. I pay attention to what they're saying. I repeat things back to them. I give them a comfortable space that's warm enough and inviting enough that they feel comfortable. All of these things focus on the, the biggest problem that I found that most people have, which is being uncomfortable in front of a camera. I want to break that barrier down. It's not that I have the best frames or the best papers or the best camera. It is that I want to make the experience of being photographed something very positive for them. And so that's what I focus on. And, you know, is it something that I set out to do at the beginning? Not really, because I really didn't know what I didn't know. But you, you figure those little bits and pieces out very, very quickly. Because as you do it, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't work for you, change it this is why you're in business for yourself or you're, you know, you're thinking about being in business for yourself. You have that freedom and that ability to adapt the business to whatever it is that you want to do. For me, I wanted to make people not feel like I felt in front of a camera, which was uncomfortable. So if I can do anything to remove that, I will. So it comes across in every part of my business to the degree that I'm, I'm able to control that. Does that answer your question, Nicole? It does. Yeah. And actually, you said something I find really interesting, and I don't want to dwell on it, but I do want to bring it up, is the fact that the core of the business is not even the photography itself, right? The photography is a manifestation of your desire to allow people to feel seen, really seen. And that is such a powerful thing. And it kind of drives home the reason we started this series in the first place, which is there's a reason we chose the field of art that we chose, whether that's you know photography or landscape painting or whatever it is that we're doing. Um, when I mentioned the fact that what people are buying is an emotional, psychological need fulfillment and not necessarily a product, it's really interesting to me. There's several different fields where somebody could be making someone feel seen. Makeup artists do this really brilliantly as well, um, help people express themselves, right? But photography was the right way for you to do this. And it's so interesting to me 
when we're able to recognize what the heart of that business really is and the fact that it manifests itself this way, um, I just find that really interesting. It's this combination of understanding what we want to give people and why this method of doing it is right for us to be able to provide that. Just to add on to that, I read a shit ton of books, right? I read about user experience and how to solve problems and what it means to be in photography. I had no idea how to do retail photography. So, you know, a lot of it was research and reading and seeing what people did. And now nah, I don't like that. What does this person do? I kind of like that, but I'm not going to do it that way. But it keeps coming back to staying true to, to who I was as a photographer, trying to deliver a product that felt good to me. If I can do that, I know that my clients are going to feel good as well. Love it. All right, Becca, Bassam, um, how do you guys come about the customer journey? Like, how do you approach that? And what are some things that you think of as you are either building or tweaking that customer journey to make it as effective as possible? I see Becca's hesitating, so I'll go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Um, Boy, I uh, what what Matt says uh, just really resonates with me, and it really it, you know in in most of it is is my approach to my photography. I know Matt and I know that we're pretty much alike in how we approach our business. And uh, and if you remember um, about a couple of weeks ago when we started this whole business thing, the first thing we talked about is what is your why, if you remember. And I I, I what I shared with you is the reason I do what I do is simply because I get great satisfaction and joy from making a positive impact on other people around me, however small it may be. And I also said that I'm at my best when I'm one-on-one -on -one with people, right? And when I started, so so that's kind of the, the why. And, and when I started this business and when I started in photography and dealing with clients, and when I learned the Sue Bryce model and, and, and started putting it in place, I had all kinds of ideas from listening to others of how I'm going to automate this and how I'm going to send them this after the first email and after the second email and so on and after the reveal and blah, blah, blah. And, and, I, and I did some of that, but there's a reason why I've been procrastinating for four years and I haven't done most of it. And I think it's because that's, that's what differentiates me. That's what I believe differentiates me is the time I spend with the client. You know, recently I've been thinking about, you know, like I have these, uh, one of the touch points I have is a preparation session for the, for the, for the photo shoot. And I was thinking, well, why do I spend so much time with them when I can just send a simple PDF that tells them what to do about their hair, what to do about their nails, what kind of clothes to bring, you know, the simple PDF, nice looking, luxurious looking product that I can send to them after, after the, after the, after they book. And I think I realized that because that's what gives me joy. It's that connection. And I think that's what makes an impact on them, that this guy is spending the time, taking the time to be with us 100% and guiding us through this journey, right? So that, you know, without repeating what Matt said, that's what drives me. That's what I think differentiates me. And that's my approach in every touch point, whether it's the first, you know, the first call we have, the, the, the consultation session, which I try to avoid doing by phone because I want that, you know, eye to eye contact either in person or in, uh, you know, on a video. And it's the same for every touch point. It's, it's spending the time with them and taking the time to listen, ask, interact, and then invite them into, I mean, it, it's not a studio. We, I work out of our home. I do have a studio in my home, a fully outfitted studio. But you're coming into our home. It's it's a day. It's your day. It's it's an interaction. It's not a photo shoot. It's not a transaction. And it's a so that's my approach to everything, all the way up to the delivery of the product. I don't do much, honestly, after the delivery, which is something I need to get more into in terms of a customer retention and loyalty. Um, but my typical customer journey is 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 one on one, and. Uh, and real, real connection and exchange and conversation. I love that. And I want to ask you really quickly, Bassam, um, but before I do, I would love to encourage, I know Erica has a, a really specific way of, um, of serving her customers because she understands something particular about what they need. Um, and Erica, if you're willing to come up today, I'd love to have you up to talk a little bit about what your customer journey is like, because I know um, you've talked about that before, and I think it would be really handy for, for folks to be able to hear, since yours is, is 
a little bit different than um, some of the portrait photographers that we have on on moderators. But um, before I have you answer, I do want to ask Bassam. So um, when you're thinking about your customer journey, what is the first way do you, or do you know what the first place is people usually encounter hearing about your brand? And is that something that has happened naturally or is that something that you planned as part of your marketing? No, I actually do very little marketing and I'm starting to do a bit more now. That's my plan for at least part of 21 and, and hopefully in 2022, I'll, I'll accelerate it a bit in terms of marketing. But most of my, most of my clients are either word of mouth or through uh, my, my just interactions on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and lately, I've had a huge uptick because of uh, the Google ad that I've, been, I've had for over six months and it's really starting to pay off. So I get a lot of, uh, and it's specifically for boudoir. So I'm getting a lot of inquiries for boudoirs, many more shoots than than I ever did before, and and so I'm starting to get into this this. Uh, uh, I got, I guess it's a basic system, right? It's what I described, but in a way, it just repeats itself uh, consistently, and it starts off with 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 an email that they send through my website, but that's where I ins- I, I actually answer them personally not a not a pre-written email and i try to convince them my my goal is to have them uh, have a, a video call and that's really where it starts and i just spend the time with them there so it's it's not uh it's uh i don't know if i answered your question but i don't really do a lot of marketing but i'm really getting some traction with the google ad that i'm i'm i've been optimizing over the past six months Okay, fantastic. No, you did answer my question because I'm what I'm what I'm wanting people to think about now is the fact that the the customer journey with you really begins from the first time they encounter your brand. And so if the first time people are encountering your brand Bassam is that they're getting the referral from friends, then that really begins things on a solid footing. I mean, we talk a lot about how the fact that, you know, word of mouth is like gold for businesses. There's a reason for that, right? If the first time you hear about a brand is by somebody that you trust, that's a really fantastic way to start. And it's very different from being the first time that you hear about a brand being scrolling through, um, you know, your Instagram feed and seeing a beautiful picture, even though both obviously still work as a funnel towards booking with you. The experience of that is really different. And you as a business person can decide which things that you want to nurture, right? I, I, I don't, maybe I don't get a lot of, um, maybe I don't get a lot of referrals because I'm, I'm selling retail prints but maybe the experience of discovering my work somewhere is really positive for people and I can choose to nurture that side of it. So um, I just wanted to see, you know, if you, cause not some, I'm trying to encourage everybody to, to do the research and find out from their clients, well, where did you hear from me or where did you discover my, my company or whatever, so that we can figure what, where people are coming in the door and find out what those experiences are so we can nurture the ones that are going to be best for our customers. So you, you answered it perfectly. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to, I just want to reinforce something that, you know, when, when, when you do, when we do a customer journey exercise, one of the things we do get, we do ignore uh, is, you know, we talk about touch, uh, customer touch points and one of the most important customer touch points is the touch point between your, previous customers when they're when they're talking to somebody else about you so you have to through your through their experience you have to shape what they tell other people and that's probably the most important one of the most important customer touch points because that's that's touching people before they even know about you yeah absolutely so um i'm gonna get to becca after erica because becca obviously not um, focusing on portrait photography. So there's uh, an art perspective and I'll share mine as well. But I do want to snag you up, Erica, because I know you've mentioned several times one of the, the big points in your customer journey is under understanding the fact that your clients are really busy people. So I would love to hear you talk about um, what that customer journey looks like for you and some of the things that you're doing to cater to the fact that these are people who don't have a lot of time on their hands. Also, welcome. I missed you guys too. I'm so happy that I'm able able to uh, contribute today. I've been so busy and now I'm finding myself with nothing to do and it's crazy. Um, so anyway, yes, I I feel like my, my brand is a little different than some of the people on the moderators panel. Um, 
my, you know, my main gig is high school seniors. And um, there are a vast variety of types of students. So, um, and I'm not necessarily trying to cater to one type or another. I find my brand to be rather than exclusive, I like it to be inclusive. And I like people to know that, that no matter, you know, what you do in high school, what your, you know, social status is, where, how much money you have, what, you know, whatever, that you are important and you are um, included in, in what I do. So that's the overall brand. Um, but generally speaking, high school uh, students are very busy. Uh, you know, there's sports schedules, there's band practice, there's, you know, uh, and parents, uh, myself included, when my kids were in high school, heads are spinning all the time. And, and so to make things concise and um, easy to book um, are probably the most important things in my information to them. I get them, um, you know, the here's the session pricing. Again, I offer a, like five or six different options because we have some people who just want, you know, let's get in, let's get out, and they get very little with that session. And then I make, of course, the one that I'm shooting for with most of my seniors, the most attractive, um, pretty much the most bang for their buck. Um, and so they have those options. They see those options. They see a range uh, of what they can expect to pay. Um, and then if they want to schedule a consultation, absolutely more than welcome to. But I would say only 10% of my clients do because they just simply don't have the time to come in before making that decision. So they book and then we go through the process. And again, the, every step of the process um, is with efficiency and clarity. In okay, I really love that. And I, I knew that that was gonna be important to have you up here because having heard you talk about that before, um, I love the fact that, you know, as each of us kind of optimize, not only for the way that we're best able to serve people, I really love that one of the things that is driving you is this understanding of your client. These are, you know, high schoolers and parents of high schoolers. These folks have a lot on their plates. They're doing a lot. And the more, you know, the obviously the smoother you can make the experience, but but looking at it from that point of brevity, like I am respecting their time, they don't have a lot of this. And if they can make their decisions about me quickly, then not only is this positive for the rest of their life, but obviously it means we can kind of move them through the process really well. So I like how looking at that or that um, particular quality of your customer and understanding that that is something that is important to them drives the way that you build the systems that kind of funnel them through the process. And I would really encourage um, folks who are looking at this Mastering the Business of Art series that we're in right now as a way to kind of do some touch points for their own business, really consider what you know about your clients and how the customer journey that you have right now actually impacts them. And is there something specific about your customers that they need or want or that's valuable to them that you can start optimizing for um, and then testing those optimizations, right? Because if you only have maybe 10% of your folks doing um, doing consultations, then clearly it's not something that your customer wants. And it would be silly to try to optimize for that, right? It would be silly to take those folks and spend a lot of time building a system around trying to get them to do those consultations. It would be a waste of their time and yours. So knowing that and being able to optimize for the right thing, I think must really make a big difference in where you're spending your time with like your customer experience. 100%. And then it actually knowing that and doing that drives the way I do the rest of my business, like having those systems in place to make me more efficient. So I am not um, utilizing too much of my time and lowering my bottom line. So it kind of, it drives, knowing my customer drives everything. Yes. So important. Okay, Becca, I'm going to start poking you now. And I want to now ask friends in the audience, if you have some thoughts about how we are structuring our customer journey. And remember, of course, some of this is, is going to stem from what we want to provide for them. But also, as Erica mentioned, we really need to understand them and what 
types of steps are going to be best for our customers, how that customer journey impacts their experience and how we can tweak those things. So if you have any thoughts on that, I would love to have you raise your hand, bring you up, make you part of the conversation. So Becca, so far, we've obviously, we've talked to quite a few photographers um, and a couple with some really different ways of approaching this uh, customer journey. How is this different for a digital artist, for somebody who is kind of, you mentioned that your trade is in ideas, right? That's what people are really buying from you or your ideas and your expertise. So how do you look at that from a customer journey? Dang, Bassam out here calling me out for being quiet. Um, I'm, I'm kind of ruminating right now on, uh, you know, where I put that emphasis and, um, you know, for me, I, I put almost 100% of my effort into building a relationship with people and with my clients. And that's even before they become clients. You know, I don't really put out marketing material. I don't have a nice art catalog. I don't have, you know, pre-designed PDFs of information to send people when they contact me because that doesn't really serve me. That kind of places me as this nameless, faceless brand when I need to be positioned as an individual who is intimately understanding my clients' needs. So social media for sure is um, my bread and butter, like 100%. Whoops, and my phone is doing strange things. I apologize. I am having technical difficulties. There we go. Okay. Um, you know, so that is anything from like having, well, okay, let me start over. Brand awareness is going to be number one. So I want to have my art visible on as many platforms as I can. I want people to see it. I want them to comment on it because that then opens up an avenue for conversation. And once you can kind of get a conversation with someone going, even if it isn't about buy my product, even if it's just about, you know, some content they like or, you know, a theme they like or a fandom or, you know, whatever that is, then they know you. They get a taste for who you are. And I want to be the first person that people think of when they do have that need for the art that I create. If they need a piece of concept art, I want them to go, oh, wait, I, I know someone who does that. That's Becca. Or if they need, you know, whatever kind of like a commissioned portrait of themselves as a fairy, I want them to think Becca. And so developing those relationships so you're really burned into their brain is essential for me. And then once they do become a client, once that inquiry comes in, you know, making sure that I'm available readily. Um, and that is something that I don't know if anyone else gets this, but like anxiety about replying to emails, <laughs> you know, that's something I have to very actively and purposefully fight in myself, like being available, being communicative as quickly as possible. So again, to be of service and build that communication and that conversation in a more fluid way, instead of letting things sit and dwindle out, um, really, really super important for that customer journey. When it comes to more after the work has been created, I don't really pursue any real conversation there. I probably could. Um, but again, you know, if they're happy with the work I've created for them, if it's made an impact for them and given them the right visual experience, they're going to keep me in mind for any of their future needs too. So again, focus 110% on that relationship. That's where all my effort for the customer journey goes. Okay, beautiful. And so, um, and there's a difference here, and I just want to point this out. You know, there are platforms out there where you can get a cartoon made of yourself, right? Um, they, it's, it's software. They've built just a whole bunch of different variations. You can kind of plug those in, and all of a sudden you have a cute little, a cute little cartoon of yourself. And that customer experience, the experience of working with a platform like that where you go in and you run through what they have available and you try to customize something and there you go, you have a cartoon of yourself, is an incredibly different experience than one where you are building a relationship with someone and then having something incredibly personalized created for you based on conversations and information and all of these different things, even though what somebody may be walking away with is still technically a a commission, a, a portrait of themselves or a picture of themselves, right? Um, that experience is incredibly different and it differentiates not only, of course, the product is different and we don't need to go into all the ways the product is different because that's relatively clear. But what I want to really make clear is the fact that walking into a McDonald's and getting something very quickly or driving through a, a fast food joint and getting something very quickly while you're on your way to another place is a different experience than a sit-down meal with seven, with seven different courses. 
both are going to serve the need that you have at the time as a customer. If I am on my way somewhere and I haven't had time to eat, grabbing a quick egg McMuffin is the perfect solution for me. The seven course meal is not the right solution at that time. But if I really want to have an experience and I want to be with people and I want that to become a memory that we have and a chance for us to connect with one another, going through a McDonald's drive-through is not gonna be the right thing. And so, this customer experience that we have is is important for serving the needs of the customer of course the product and the service that we're giving them serves that need but also the experience and how we receive that product is an important part of serving that need and from your perspective becca um rather than you running paid ads people are coming across your personal feed right like when they come across your art they're coming across work that you have shared in the places you actually inhabit so in a really big way it's like walking through the front door of your house right which is a completely different experience than seeing a billboard as we're driving down the road exactly and then by pursuing communication through those avenues, you know, if they're walking through the front door, I'm inviting them in to come sit at the table, right? They're going to come in, they're going to start looking around, you know, looking at the art on the walls or the architecture, you know, whatever it is in this metaphor, right? So getting them to come back by building that conversation, giving them a reason to come back aside from pretty art, so absolutely essential to building that relationship. Yeah, I love that. Um, also want to just reemphasize the fact if you're in the audience today and you have some thoughts on what the customer journey looks like and, and how you think it can be run well, I would love to have you come up and share. Um, and I'll just continue on, you know, from that perspective, Becca, most of, so I have obviously several different things that I'm doing from a book perspective. People are often finding out about my book. Um, from a different avenue than they are if they want to commission me for a portrait or for a digital portrait. Um, they're finding out about me in different ways there. And so I have to consider how they're coming in and how that affects the way that I'm going to deal with them. If they're walking into a gallery and they're seeing a piece of artwork hung on the wall, that experience is very different. They're dealing with the gallery owner and not with me. If somebody is one of my many friends on Facebook, I have enough of them that I don't know everybody. Um, but if if that is the way, then I'm giving them direct access to me and to my life. And so when they see those images and they decide that they want one for themselves, the door is already open. They don't have to go through a gallery owner to find me. That door is open. And a lot of this is going to depend upon what you want, right? Because part of this customer journey is also in how you can serve people. And so there are plenty of artists who they know that their customer wants to ex have the experience of, you know, they want to go to that high end gallery, they want to feel like they're buying from an, an important artist who can't be bothered to talk with them. And so that is that is actually an actual part of the experience, guys, and something we need to consider if that is the method that we want to use, it serves a couple purposes. If you are an artist who wants to hide out a little bit, like you really just want to make your art and dealing with people is just not the, the place that you're strong or not really an experience that you want, recognizing the fact that the gallery owner gets to exist as the medium between you and the customer and allows the customer to feel like they're, they're having a high-end experience without you having to be the one driving that that's still part of that customer journey. That's still an important thing for you to know. And you can still absolutely optimize for that and make that an important part of the experience so that folks are able to get that sense of um, that, you know, I bought from an artist in a gallery type of thing. Um, so knowing those things about your work as an artist, where, where people are finding it and how they're interacting with it, you can still make that an actual customer journey that serves a need that those people have. So I noticed we have Luann with us. Hello, Luann, I'd love Oh, good morning. And first, of, um, I'm wishing everyone a very prosperous 2022. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm holding high hopes for this year. So um, I'm going back to um, the first questions that you, um, when you started this conversation and, um, one, first, I wanted to state that in building my brand and also my uh, relationship with my clients, um, I knew I am a former educator. I taught for 20 years American history, as well as photographing all those years with students. But I, um, this past 10 years, I 
I believe in learning all the time. And I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but um, I, one of the main reasons I connect with other photographers on Facebook is to learn from them. And over the years, one of the most important things that I learned was the relationship with the clients. And um, my eyes were open often with how I could better serve my, um, my clients. And one of them was um, in just gift giving. Like I have various um, little gifts when the client comes in for their photo shoot for them to uh, take home. And it fits each of uh, various little genres that I photograph. So that has um, helped get my name out there. But another thing that I did that I thought was kind of different, I didn't realize I was doing this, is I shoot um, for two nonprofits, um, mainly they're, they're run by women. And when I shoot a few of their events for them, I do their promo shoots also, I edit a little bit more than all the event photographers. I will go in and look for under eyeshadows. I may um, liquefy just a bit, but I'm getting known for taking care of them. And so I'm getting calls based on um, well, you did, you do such a great job with us. You make us look so good, um, that they're coming in for portraits or family sessions or headshots, branding and so forth. So that was kind of eye opening for me. And, um, also I learned recently, uh, from a woman, um, because I, in serving her a little bit better, taking, take, uh, putting everything together. She said to me, it was such an eye-opening experience um, in my new studio that she said, Luann, you don't charge enough. Your creativity is incredible. You are, you, the experience and, and how you valued me. And I never thought I would want more than one image of myself. So that was a huge experience. And the last thing I'm gonna say is that, um, I now know my next area to concentrate on is I need to ask more questions though. I need, I learned this from Erica. Um, she doesn't know this, but I learned and from some others that I need to um, find out a little bit more of what their vision is. I need to listen more. And I think that's going to help my experience in 2022. So thank you all. And um, here's to a great new year. Yay, that was fantastic, Luann. Um, and it's fantastic to be able to know those things about your clients, and you're absolutely right. Um, asking more questions and finding out more about what it is that they need is something that really does help us dial in that customer experience. And I just want to highlight really quickly, um, particularly for the portrait photographers that are in the room, a friend of mine named Jay Mayhew, um, she has a portrait studio now in Texas, and her her entire experience is very much built around being a luxury experience for her customers. She wants them to feel like A-list celebrities. And so she treats them that way. They have, obviously it's a lot of high touch. So she has several different conversations with them. And as you mentioned, Bassam, she, she does provide, so you said, you know, of course you want to be the voice in their ear. Like you want to be walking them through the things that they need to do personally. But then she follows that up with, um, you know, a printed packet that's just, just this really beautiful material. When you hold it, you're like, ooh, this is fancy. Um, it makes you feel a little bit special for having your hands on it. And so, you know, all of those things that she includes in the process from the, the in-person conversations or the phone conversations to the packets that they're holding to the experience of hair and makeup, and then, you know, the culling afterwards where they're having maybe some wine or something like that to relax. She is very much curating this entire customer experience so that people feel like they are being spoiled, like they are somebody special um, and they're you know, the VIP for a day. And so she's curating this experience very carefully so that that is what people get when they are working with her. And for her, that is driving a fantastic business. That is what her business is. Of course, she's giving them beautiful portraits, but the, the most important part of their business or her business is this experience that people are having where they're being pampered and spoiled and feeling like a million bucks and they look fantastic and they feel great. All of these different things, that is what her business is doing. Becca understands that when somebody is working with her, what they're getting is the chance for the the thing that they have in their head to come to life because they don't have the skill set or the ability to create those things. Becca gets to dive in 
and share those, you know, share what she has and to take that thing and to make their imagination come to life into something tangible. Matt is providing connection and allowing people to be seen and have those moments of deep human interaction. These, each of these things are incredibly valuable. And we have to recognize that if that's what people is get, are getting from us, we need to curate those experiences um, and, and this customer journey so that it bolsters this idea, right? What people are getting from us, this journey needs to be bolstered the entire way through. And recognizing that that begins with the very first time people touch our brand, where they find us, what kind of words are we sharing? So if people are first going to contact your brand or if they're going to interact with your brand for the very first time because they saw a photo, a photo you posted on Instagram, what are you sharing with that? What types of photos are going out? When people comment, do you respond or do you ignore? Um, you know, if the first time that they're seeing an, uh, an image of yours is in somebody else's home, have you tried to help your current customers become um, referrals for you. Um, and are you, are you making that part of your customer journey? It's very important for me that my customer goes from coming in contact with my brand to selling my work for me. That's part of the customer journey. I just expect that people are going to do that at the very end. And so I make sure that that becomes part of the customer experience. I build that into my brand so that if somebody walks into their home and says, oh, this portrait of your family is so beautiful. I have basically trained or taught my customer to say, yes, this is my photographer. She's so wonderful. And I can put things in place so that not only does my customer do that because they had a fantastic experience and they want to share, but I have built into the customer journey these kinds of brand loyalty things where they recognize this is the type of thing they're going to be getting by working with my brand. So thinking about that from this perspective is going to allow us to go back and look at the business that we're building as we've been talking over the past, you know, almost month or month and some change, looking at this business and saying, okay, I'm, I'm trying to put these structures in place. What does that look like from a customer service perspective? What does that look like from a customer journey perspective? And how can I make sure that these steps are actually making that customer journey work better for the people that I'm trying to serve? that it's more aligned with my brand, that it is really making conversions work better, et cetera. We have to think about those things because the customer journey is a real experience and it's the thing that your customer is walking away from, not or walking away with, not just with the product that they're getting, but what it was like to receive that product. So as we near the end of the hour, I wanna make sure we have time for final thoughts and any particular questions. So if you have a specific question you really would like to ask about how we consider a customer journey, go ahead and raise your hand and I wanna bring you up. People that are up on the panel today, do you have any final thoughts? Like if you could leave folks today with one really important thing you want them to consider about how they can be thinking about or building a customer journey. Yeah, I just like to uh, say that when you build a customer journey and uh, and the various touch points through that, let's say you have five touch points or five five steps in the customer journey, it's important to make sure that you have consistency in your brand at every point. So, as an example, if I run a personal, if if my important, uh, I guess. Uh, Aspects of my 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 brand are is luxury service and and you know catered experience or personalized experience. I would I would aim that at every touch point those three things are either highlighted or more importantly not compromised. Right. So are you delivering that promise at every step of your customer journey? And number two, don't ignore certain touch points that may not be under your control, <laughs> right? Like I mentioned earlier, when somebody else is talking about you. So just make sure there's consistency in, in the two or three things that are important in your brand and that you look for them and actually create uh, occasions or, or, or add, add uh, elements to each, touch points, to each touch point that reflect that brand. Yeah, and I'll I'll add into that to you know niche it down a little further. Have an intention. What is that intention at each touch point? 
not only does it need to be consistent um, across the brand, but you also need to have the intention of the customer journey at each touch point. Why the hell are you getting in touch with them? What is it that you're providing? What problem are you solving? If you're going to be interacting with the customer, make sure that it's consistent, make sure that it's on brand, but have an intention for what the action is during that touch point as well. Are you trying to get them to book? Are you trying to get them to interact or give you a referral or just relax? Like, what is it that you are trying to provide in that? The greater clarity you have, not only on your brand messaging, but what your intentions are each step of the way with the client, the better uh, you're going to have these interactions, the better they are going to think of you, the better experience that they're going to have and tell their friends and family about. So maintaining that consistency, having intention, um, all cater to all of the things. It's not just about having good marketing materials or nice stuff in the studio. The material things really don't matter in my experience. It's making sure that that intention, that consistency is there. I just want to throw out um, some votes for team empathy when it comes to the customer experience. And um, as far as research goes and kind of how you're formatting things for yourself and designing this experience, you know, for you as the business owner, um, really taking the opportunity to think about your own experience as a customer and, you know, how have you dealt with other businesses? What have you liked that other businesses have done for you? You know, what have you not liked? Even in situations where perhaps someone has told you no or, you know, refused a service or something, you know, what were situations in your experience that worked out well? Or, you know, what was an acceptable response for them to give to you? Things like that, because chances are other people are going to feel similarly, similarly to you do to the way you do while wow, I can't talk today, um, you know, when going through that same kind of customer experience, um, just kind of anecdotally, like I'm kind of in the process of finally planning my wedding post COVID. And um, I've had a lot of issues with like getting responses from vendors for the wedding. And um, that's been a really interesting kind of market research sort of look into like, okay, I have not liked this form of communication. I have not liked this treatment, you know, from certain vendors. How do I make sure that I don't do that? And, you know, on the flip side, you know, this has been really easy for me. This has been very enjoyable. I've really appreciated XYZ from this kind of person or from this vendor. How do I apply that to my own business and, you know, give that same sense of, you know, comfort and ease or whatever that may be to my own clients. So really looking into your own experiences as the customer so you can give your customers the best experience. Love it. I was just going to say, I love that, Becca. I was just going to say, I love that. Looking at what you don't like about how you're treated at other places and internalize that a little bit and say, you know, this isn't what I want to give my customers. I love that. I never really. Erica Luan, do either of you guys have anything, any kind of final thoughts today before? Not sure if you can hear me. I'm in the depths of my basement, but um, yep, you're <laughs> okay. Good. Um, no, honestly, I feel like a lot of the a lot of the points have already been made. I feel like um, knowing your customer and catering every part of your process to how they're going to react to it um, really just helps drive home the customer experience from start to finish. So. That's All right, beautiful. Okay, y'all. So there's really two points that I want to make sure that I, I cover as we start to close down. One is um, obviously customer journey and user experience are, are two separate but entwined things, right? The customer journey is the way that a customer experiences your brand from beginning to end. So how they find you, how they work with you, what steps you take to move them along the path from they didn't know who I am, they know who I am, they're interested, they reach out to me, they book with me, we work together, they get their product, I serve, you know, any, any kind of problems that they have afterwards, I handle those. All the way through, that is the customer journey. And then what is that experience like? And that is the question of user experience or customer experience. What is it like to go down that path? And so those are two lenses that we have 
to look at our business through. How are we structuring this? And what does that mean for the customer journey? What steps do people have to take? And we can ask ourselves, how can I condense those steps as well, right? Because the longer it takes somebody to get from they are now learning about me to they're working with me, the more chances I have that they're going to walk away. The longer it takes for them to go from I now know who you are to we have just booked a session or I have just commissioned you, the more chances there are that something is going to happen that's going to take that customer away from me. So how can I condense that? Or should I condense that? Because there are some brands who want you to have to fight to get in the door. And that is an important part of the customer experience because they want to firmly plant in your mind that it is a, a, a privilege for you to be able to work with them. There are some tattoo artists who do this as well. There are people who build this purposefully because they know that the payoff in the end is for the people who want to feel like they have really gotten something special and unique and other people would not have had to go through all of the trouble to work or to get across this red velvet rope, right? Only certain people get through the door and it's the people who are worthy, quote unquote. So really, and nobody, nobody asks themselves this question about a McDonald's, right? Nobody goes, I had to book six months in advance. There was a secret password, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, I'm going to use a restaurant here in Albuquerque real quick as an example. This restaurant, they book out pretty far in advance because everybody wants to get in. It is a speakeasy, so it's very, very small. You do have to go through a secret passageway, and they do email you a code word that you have to use to get through that is specific to the day that you book. Um, they open, there's a bouncer, like, you know, everybody is in period clothing. There's a guy in there who's like the muscle and makes sure that nobody, you have to knock on the door and use a code. They bring you in, and then you go into a secret room through a bookshelf, and it's just a really fun experience that has been built really purposefully to give you something unique that you wouldn't get somewhere else and you do have to jump through some hoops to get there you can't just walk into that place you have to book in advance there's very specific set of steps that you have to go through but those steps are part of the experience and they're part of the fun whereas for some of us if people have to walk through a lot of steps based on what they need from us then having that experience is going to hamper them from booking. So we do have to ask ourselves, what is this customer journey looking like? How is it serving the customer? And what is the experience? And how is it serving the customer? And is it supporting my value statement, my vision statement, the reason that I'm in business? You have an infinite amount of ways that you can build this customer journey, depending on the experience you want to give people and what you want them to walk away with. Um, there is no wrong answer here. There's only, does it work? Does it serve their needs? Does it fit the intention, as Matt said, that I have for this specific thing? Is it, as Bassam mentioned, cohesive and coherent all the way through so that people have the same experience every time it continues to reinforce the brand? And once you have that and you get to look at your business through that lens, and once people start experiencing it, you need to start testing it. That's why it's important for us to keep these numbers. Where are you losing folks? Are you losing them through the booking process? Are you booking them, but they're canceling? What is happening along this route that you can remove roadblocks from to make it easier for people to move from they know about me, they like me, they want to book with me, they've purchased from me, etc.? How can we make this the best possible experience and how can we remove any roadblocks that people have from working with me? Really, really important thing because everything else has been a basic philosophy. Until people start walking through your door, you don't have something concrete, but once you have it, you wanna start testing it to make it as bomb-proof as possible. So that is our chance to look at what we've been building so far from a customer experience perspective and from a customer journey perspective. The next couple things we're going to talk about before we end this master the business of art series is marketing and we're going to also talk about contracts so we're going to talk a little bit about what contracts are 
how and why we need them, what needs to be included in them. And we're not talking about this, of course, from the perspective of a lawyer. Remember, we always need to get personal advice about those things, but we're just gonna talk about our own contracts, our experiences and what we have included that has helped us make sure that not only are we protected, but our customers are protected, et cetera, et cetera. So I hope you will be here with us for that as we continue the mastering the business of art over the next week. I can't believe we're almost done. It's been an amazing conversation. Big thanks to everybody who contributed to the conversation today, who shared their perspectives. Y'all are awesome. And I hope you will come be with us again tomorrow morning, bright and early at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, 6 a.m. for the West Coast and 9 a.m. for the East Coast afternoon for our friends overseas. In the meantime, go make something amazing and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at The Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.